legends, you're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Straight into today's podcast, we're going to talk about sodium today. Is it good or is it bad? I get a lot of, I guess. People that are a little bit like afraid to include extra sodium because there is a lot of fear out there around sodium and and I guess that again that sort of mainstream narrative is that sodium's bad, it causes high blood pressure and all of these sorts of things. So I'm gonna just give you guys a quick overview of sodium and why it's important and some factors that might influence the amount that you include in your nutritional intake. The reason why this has sort of popped up for me is two reasons. One, we're well into the start of the race season now. Probably one of the biggest things that people um, not necessarily struggle with but have to fine-tune, especially in like a cross-country, even like a day of sprints where they're back-to-back sprints and you're spending a long day on the bike. But especially for like a a two-hour or a three-hour cross-country event, your hydration plan and obviously the calorie component, but particularly the hydration plan and how much electrolytes you're taking in is a massive, massive part of how you're going to perform, particularly toward the end of that race. So we've been coming into the race season now, so... People are perhaps experimenting with that or they're finding that they're experiencing some cramping, etc. So potentially in those circumstances, then increasing our sodium intake is going to be beneficial. Other reason is I've, the last week or two, I've finally pulled the trigger on trimming back my calories and putting myself into a little bit of a calorie deficit in a bid to drop a little bit of body fat. I've been eating in a slight calorie surplus for the last, basically the last couple of years, like probably two or three years, like deliberately eating a little bit extra. Um, So that hasn't been like the, for me that the goal wasn't to actually like put on mass or put on body weight, I'd simply was eating a little bit above my maintenance needs to support my recovery and support my, basically my health and my immune system. Cause I previously to that, like knowing what I know now, I was eating in a calorie deficit for a large part of my life and a, a protein deficit as well. So at the, what that led to for me personally was basically being overtrained and getting run down 
so it took me a long time to figure that out and I guess like kind of change my mindset around food and actually eat more um so for me personally like the goal wasn't really to put on mass per se that's been a little bit of a side benefit I think I have put on a little bit of muscle definitely put on a little bit of fat as well but that's going to happen when you're eating in a little bit of a surplus but I have gotten to the point now where I can tolerate quite a decent amount of training volume and training intensity without getting sick every other week, which is where I was like five or so years ago. I was getting sick every other week. So I've kind of gotten to a point now where I feel like I'm on top of that. So I'm going to focus on trimming the calories back a little bit and with the goal of sort of dropping a little bit of body fat over the next few months. So in that process, using the Race Ready app, there's a meal tracker built into the Race Ready app where you can track all your food right inside your dashboard, right beside your workouts, your, your training calendar, etc. And what that does, it gives you a breakdown of your, obviously your, your calories and your macros, how that breaks down. It also gives you like, a fairly detailed breakdown of the vitamins, the minerals, fiber, all of that sort of stuff that's included in the food you're eating. So what I've noticed, I'll just pull one of these days up. So what I've noticed from tracking my food a little bit more tightly again is how low the actual sodium content is in the foods that I'm eating. So it's pretty common, like most people, when they clean up their nutrition, move away from eating as many processed foods and move towards eating more whole foods, fruit, veggies, meat, etc., etc. Um, less of like your takeaway food, your fried foods, chips, etc. So that's obviously a really positive thing and a, a definitely beneficial to be sort of limiting. We don't, you don't have to remove all processed foods, but if we're sort of shifting our intake towards more whole foods, that's a positive thing, certainly. What actually happens when we do that is obviously the, the more processed type foods, obviously to make them taste good, they quite often have quite a quite a bit of sodium. So if we're eating some more of those foods, then generally speaking, we're gonna be getting a decent amount of sodium in our diet. When we consume more whole foods, and I guess foods that are closer to their natural source, that are a bit less processed and haven't had things added into them, they're just sort of as they come, then they're very, very low in sodium and basically zero sodium. So sodium is one of the most important minerals in the body it's it actually helps us hydrate so it helps us absorb the water in the cell uh, it's re responsible for um, the contraction of muscle like the actual our brain actually needs sodium and electrolytes to perform muscular contractions so the biggest factors that influence how much we will need is stress 
is a big one. Like when stress is high from anything, whether that's our work, finances, relationships, anything at all, if we're in a high stress environment, our body is simply going to use more sodium or need more sodium to operate. So stress can increase our sodium needs. Our sweat rate, obviously, very personal. If you sweat a lot and you might potentially have a high rate or high level of sodium in that sweat, then you might potentially need more than the next person. And then we've obviously got training on top of that. When we're training, um, we're potentially sweating quite a bit. That can also come down to your occupation. If you're a trader and you're working outside, um, doing long days in the sun in summer when the weather's warm, like you're obviously going to be sweating a lot more than someone sits at a desk in air-conditioned comfort all day. So it's it's very personal, and there's lots of there's a few different factors there, but generally speaking, like the general the rule of thumb, the recommended daily intake, if you go and look at what the Australian or the American guidelines are, depending what you read, it, it varies a little tiny bit, but it generally says between 2,000 and 2,300 milligrams of sodium is the recommended daily intake. So that's basically one teaspoon of sodium. Now, the thing I tell people with that is you've got to remember that the recommended daily guidelines, what the government bases that on, the, that's like the average population. The average population in America and Australia is obese and has zero physical activity. If you're a dude that rides dirt bikes for hours a week and you're training a few times a week, you're not the average person. That's what I, I always tell my clients and guys that race, like we're not average. It's We're way above average. The average person and what they set these guidelines off is obese, sick, low level of activity. So obviously if you're, if you don't exercise, if you've got um, blood pressure issues, if you're a little bit unhealthy, you're eating lots of processed foods, then obviously you're probably going to want to limit the amount of sodium that you take in. The best way to improve that is actually improve your lifestyle. So lower the amount of stress in your life, exercise more, eat more whole foods, like all the basic things is going to help bring your blood pressure down. So again, if you're racing dirt bikes, even just riding dirt bikes with your mates every weekend for a few hours and, and doing some training, some physical training, or you have a highly active job, you're not average, you're above average. So one teaspoon equals the recommended daily intake. So when I started tracking my food again last week, it was a, a bit of an eye opener to me again. So this particular day, I, from the foods that I ate, I consumed a thousand milligrams of sodium. So it was a pretty low calorie day. I've gone pretty hard. I have been eating like around about the 3000 calories, a little bit over 3000 calories, give or take. Um, this, for this deficit, the first, I guess the first stage I've gone in pretty hard. So I'm sitting at 22 150 calories per day. So it's a decent calorie deficit for me. What that was, if you're interested, people ask me what I eat all the time. This actually, this particular day wasn't a normal breakfast for me. I normally have eggs for breakfast. We had no eggs. The chooks failed that morning. So um, I had muesli and uh, Greek yogurt that morning was breakfast. 
Um, snack that morning was protein powder and an apple. Lunch was a chicken burger bowl from Green Street. Shout out Green Street. If you're ever in Albury or they've got one in Richmond now, get to Green Street. They're awesome. Um, dinner that night was just um, spaghetti bolognese and salad. So what that breaks down to, if you're interested, 22, sorry, 2,300 calories I hit that day, 160 grams of protein, 285 grams of fat, of carbs, sorry, 285 grams of carbs, 56 grams of fat, 2,300 calories. What that contained was only 1,000 milligrams of sodium. So I personally, anecdotally, I've found that I personally need at least 3,000 milligrams of sodium per day. If it's summer and it's really hot, or if I do something extreme and intense, when I say extreme, like go for like a, a two or three hour mountain bike ride or a, or a big ride on my moto, big trail ride, or do some intense motos on my moto and I'm sweating a lot, I'm going to be above that. So there's days where I consume 4,000, 5,000, even up to 6,000 milligrams of sodium across the entire day. So personally, I've found when I go under that, that I suffer from like brain fog, mental clarity issues, headaches, etc. So again, everyone's going to be a little bit different. I sweat a lot. Like as soon as, basically as soon as I start training, <laughs> even in winter when it's not hot, like but when the air temperature is not hot, I sweat like straight away. When I'm when I'm doing any sort of physical activity, I'm sweating. And when I train hard and it's hot, I sweat a fucking lot. Like it pours out of me. So again, everyone's different. Not everyone sweats the same. And you can, can actually get a test. And I recommend people, if you're suffering sort of with cramps and any sort of, I guess, brain fog stuff um, or mental clarity issues, it's well worth doing the sweat test. All of my clients, I've only had one of them that I know of who's done it. Who He came in at just under a thousand milligrams of sodium per hour. So when he's, that's what they do. They, they get you to exercise on a spin bike or something like that um, for one hour and you tell them what the temperature was. They have a swab on your arm, like a little gauze type pad. You put that in a, um, surgical container that's sealed up you send it back to them they analyze it and they can tell how much sweat how much you've sweated and how much sodium is in that sweat so i've had one client who has been under a thousand milligrams per hour i think he was around 850 or 900 milligrams of sodium per hour every other client that i've had that's had it done was over 2000 I've had some clients that are like 2500 milligrams of sodium per hour so they're they're releasing two and a half thousand milligrams of sodium per hour every hour of training activity or riding or any anything intense where they're sweating a lot so again it's a little bit different for each person but if you're suffering from cramping or brain fog things like that one of the first things that's going to go when your electrolyte sodium levels get down is that mental clarity and that ability to focus and big red flags are like, uh, obviously cramps, but headaches are obviously another one. Super common for people to, you feel like you, you feel a headache coming on, right? Or, or you've got a headache, 
So what's the natural thing that you do? Drink more water. I've got to drink water. I've got to get more hydrated. Potentially, that could make things worse. If you're experiencing the headache um, or the cramp because of low sodium, then just drinking more water will actually make the problem worse. It will dilute the sodium balance in your blood and could potentially make the, the problem worse. So what you actually you obviously want to drink and, and get some hydration in, but you want to be including sodium in that. You need to get the balance back up. So you need to include sodium, an electrolyte supplement to help in that situation. So again, it's going to be different for every person, but it's one of the most common things and the lowest hanging fruit. Like honestly, you could have your nutrition fully dialed and be eating like perfect amount of calories, protein, fats, and carbs. But if you're hydration is off, whether you're either just too low on water and not drinking enough or you're electrolyte depleted because you're not including enough sodium and you might be drinking enough water, but you're not getting very much sodium in your nutrition and you're not supplementing with sodium or electrolytes, then that can be like a, a game, like it's game over. If you're, it doesn't matter if you've got all the energy there, the fuel to use, if you're like severely or chronically sodium depleted, your performance and your mental clarity is going to be subpar. So it, it is like one of the lowest hanging fruits out there before we even like look at getting the nutrition dialed in is just getting our hydration and, and the sodium balance right. So again, it's going to be different for everyone, but general rule of thumb, when you increase water intake, you need to and want to increase sodium intake. So super common, like guys, Hear, hear people say it all the time, like, I just skull like eight liters of water or whatever it is or five liters of water or three liters or whatever's a lot of water for you the day before a race to get my hydration up. Probably not the best thing to actually do because all you're going to do is dump a shitload of water into your body and you're going to dilute that sodium balance. And if you're going to do a three-hour race the next day or you're going to do like a day of back-to-back -back sprints, high-intensity lots of sweating, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel dehydrated even though you've sculled a shitload of water. So that's a general rule of thumb leading up to a race. If you're going to increase your water intake, you need to increase your sodium intake. And you need to be aware of what your baseline sodium intake is. And then those couple of days leading into the race, especially if it's going to be like a three-hour race, you want to increase that. Increase your sodium intake so you're loading and then including enough during the race. So general rule of thumb again, 1,000 milligrams per hour of racing. So if you're doing a three-hour race, that's 3,000 milligrams of sodium in your nutrition for that race, minimum. Like I say, minimum. Some of my clients are at 2,500 per hour. Now, it doesn't mean you have to meet that exactly if you're burning 2,500 or if you're releasing, you don't have to get exactly to the amount that you're releasing but like everything it needs to be closer to that than further away and how you know whether it's right is you just you you review your performance how did you feel did you experience any cramps 
Did you fear, did you experience any lack of focus or mental clarity issues? If you did, then big red flag. You need to be looking at your electrolyte intake and potentially calories as well. Once you start getting into that third hour, calories play a big part as well. But particularly with cramping, headaches, mental focus, things like that, electrolytes are a big one. So I guess the takeaway lesson for it is don't be afraid to include some sodium. Um, obviously, like the biggest, the best thing you can do is if, and the biggest indicator of where your health is at is just get your blood work done. Like I'm about to get mine done again shortly. I'm actually going to do a little podcast and do a bit of a review on it in case if anyone's interested, but it's honestly the best way. Like, if you want to know what you're eating and how you, your stress management, your base, like overall stress management is going, go get your blood work done and get like someone like a good naturopath that knows what they're actually looking at to check your blood markers. And that will tell you where everything's at. So yeah, don't be, I guess that's the biggest thing that I, try to get across to people is don't be afraid of sodium, especially if you're eating clean. If you're eating clean whole foods and you're, you are active, you're highly active and you're potentially have like a high stress environment, whether that's running your own business or whatever that might look like, um, then be aware of that. Be aware that that might potentially influence the amount of sodium that you need. So, that's it for today. Pretty quick one on sodium and electrolytes. Um, the, that's the other thing I tell everyone is like the best way to test it is just is trial and error. Like when you race, if you go in a race or you go on an intense trail ride or something that's actually hard for multiple hours, that's going to be your best indicator of where things are at. Like just like your normal one hour training session that you do at the gym is probably, it's not that it's not long enough for you to get to that point potentially um, that you're going to be fully depleted in in those types of things. So you might feel good in a one hour training session, but then when you go for like two three hours and you, and it's maybe it's extra hot and you're sweating or the intensity is up and you're sweating a lot more, then that's when you're really going to know. So you need to if if you know that you're going to race for three hours, then you need to put yourself in that situation where that's trying to find like a club day or something that's got a and uh, an event on if you're like if your big goal is to race hatter or something like that then you want to be doing some some races in the lead up that are close to that duration like a three-hour race that's the best the best way for you to learn if what you're doing is actually going to work for you is putting yourself in that situation and then you just evaluate you, you track you need to track obviously what you put in what did i consume how did i feel if I felt if I felt awesome, big thumbs up, tick it off, and that's your baseline strategy. If you felt like shit and you fell off a cliff or dropped anchor or cramped up or had focus issues at the end, then something obviously needs to change. So fine tune it, retry it next time, so on and so forth, rinse and repeat until you find your baseline strategy. And then if it's a little bit colder, might be a little bit under. If it's a little bit hotter then might be a little bit over. There's always going to be things that will influence it slightly, but as long as you've got like your baseline figures 
that you know work for you, then you can just fine tune it depending on the conditions on the day. So hopefully that was helpful. Next week I am going to do take a do a little bit of a delve into nutrition because it is one of the most common questions I get from people is around nutrition and how should they eat? How do I personally eat? Um, so I'm going to do a little bit, share a little bit of my story around nutrition and how my, I guess my outlook on nutrition has sort of changed over the years. And I guess what my sort of stance is on it right now at this point in time, which could change again. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you all have a good weekend. Hope you're getting out to ride and I'll see you on the podcast next week.